You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another interesting episode of Ask a Drone You. Thank you very much for joining us, as always. And as always, my name is Paul. <laughs> uh, my name is Rob. Grateful to be here with you. Thankful that you are listening in and uh, hoping that we bring some value. AskDroneYou.com for your questions. Yes, definitely. Also, thank you to all of our new members and want to give a quick update on courses. We've got five new Don't Crash courses that have been filmed, are in editing, and we'll go to members shortly. Um, that also includes the M30T, the Wingtra, the new Mavic, and my favorite social media drone, the Mini 3 Pro. I love that little thing. I really do. I wish it had like attitude mode and all the normal stuff, but I really do love that drone. Yeah, that's never happening. Yeah, literally. DJI's like, you want that? <laughs> Sorry. <Pretty much>. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to happen. <laughs> like, oh, you want that? You'll have to pay 10 times more and we'll only still give you half the features. <laughs> and you'll still buy it. Yes. So why wouldn't they do that? <laughs> oh, I hope you enjoyed that, DJI. So anyway, we got a good show today talking about uh, mapping opportunities here, Rob. And this guy moving away from real estate into mapping stuff and you know we've we've hit a particular topic like this uh very many times and i feel like i actually have something eloquent to say Hmm. regarding the fine balance of moving into mapping and knowing enough to map and not get yourself in trouble or look dumb or lose a client or all of that no, I think that's exactly what he's looking for. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, before we hit the question, I think that this macro point is actually rather important. And it, it kind of also um, goes to a very sensitive topic like censorship. I feel like these two um, these two particular ideological stances are very analogous, meaning, one, when do you break in to mapping? When is it safe, quote unquote? What, you know, how much do you need to really learn? Because with mapping, because it is a technical deliverables, there are clear guidelines on um, measurements of those deliverables, quality of those deliverables, accuracy of said deliverables. And in all honesty, um, there are a lot of departments, uh, engineering, surveying and whatnot that are literally trying to shut down drone pilots' ability to offer these services. Now, there's two sides to that issue. On one side, I slightly understand because it's a very technical thing and they're trying to make sure that people are properly trained. But on the other side, if you completely like censoring, censor someone, they have no ability to learn how to do it the right way. They have no ability to figure it out to provide the right deliverables. And so if you don't allow that conversation, you don't allow the opportunity for learning and and provide clear directives to that then how can you ever expect someone to learn how to do it the right way? And so if you're a drone pilot out there and you're thinking about getting into mapping, do know it's very technical. Do know it is possible. And honestly, I don't want to shoot down anyone's inspiration or motivation to go out there and do it. I just want you to be cautious because 
It's always important, like we talked about in the last couple of shows about disclaimers on accuracy, not working for surveyors or excuse, not claiming to be a surveyor, excuse me. But also, I think that we should really push people to explore mapping because at the end of the day, the workflow is very simple. It's about knowing the nuances of how the workflow um formula comes together to create accuracies, to create, uh, you know, good quality measurements, et cetera. And so for this particular individual who's like, hey, I went out and did a mapping job and I used, you know, drone deploy and this and and all that. And he said he took our class, but we, we've taught on drone deploys acquisition, but never on YouTube. So I appreciate uh, the shout out for us. But that said, when it comes to deliverables that have particular technical parameters, Look, go out there and do the missions. That's the best way to learn is practice. But also be cognizant of what you don't know that you don't know. Meaning, how could this map be inaccurate? How could this map not be correct? I think it's a fine balance, just like censorship, that we've got to propel people to explore, but we've also got to lead them down a path that says, here's how to learn it the right way so that you can keep getting these mapping jobs, as this caller says, are lucrative. It is a fine balance. It's one of those things that you got to go out there, you got to do it, but you also have to be willing to learn and you have to be willing to accept that there are things that you don't know. And um, those things could also inhibit your growth as a career, as an operator, as a business. So that's why I think it's just so important to be open to learning, be self-aware and understand that there are things that you are going to learn over time that will contradict what you learned in the beginning. Because when it comes to mapping, it's a very, very technical thing. And uh, I think you should go out there and you should learn as much as you can, but also be cognizant of the sources in which you're learning. We're seeing so many people popping up uh, across a variety of platforms that um, might be misleading people. And so I think it's important to just know your source, be open to learn, go out there and practice because I think that's going to be the best teacher, um, out there. So right on. Let's listen to the question. Hi guys. I've been working as a professional real estate drone photographer for about seven years. I've shot literally thousands of real estate listings. In 2018, I did my first mapping mission in Bamfield, BC. I started by watching Drone News YouTube tutorials as well as others, and then I practiced a few times and submitted my best practice mission to apply for the job. It was a pretty basic job. The mission was to make a map of the tidal flats at low tide in preparation for a proposed LNG terminal on Vancouver Island. I used Drone Deploy app for flying the mission, and maps made easy to process the mission. I was paid about $2,500, the most lucrative single job I've ever done. But I realize now I was mostly faking it and didn't feel confident to continue seeking that kind of work due to my lack of overall knowledge in the mapping space. Since then, I have returned to the low-hanging fruit of real estate photography. I'm very fortunate to get regular contract work from two of the top real estate photography companies on Vancouver Island. And in 2021, I made about $31,000 working very part-time. I've become rather bored with shooting real estate and want to dive into mapping. Although I now shoot with a Mavic 2 Pro, I still have a Phantom 4 Pro, which I understand is still a valid mapping machine due to its mechanical shutter. My question is, how can I best use my time and experience to get a foothold in this space? How do I find customers and what is the best strategy for practice? I'm prepared to invest in training and to buy the latest Mavic 3 RTK but I need to know that return on investment 
is at least a possibility. Thanks. You guys are the best resource. Hmm. Thank you, Tim. Um, great question. Lots of good detail in there as mm-hmm. well. You know, it's interesting because of in your intro, Paul, you talk about um, just being not, uh, cognizant of knowing or not knowing what you don't know, mm-hmm. right? Black Swan. And I think that for some folks, that there could be too much of that. Oh, I think right? for, for people who are analytical or like the super smart overthinkers, 100%. Yeah. 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 And, and, so, that, and you shouldn't be fearful of that either. Right. And it's interesting, Tim, because it sounds like I, I think of like, let's just take two avatars of people and you've got, let's just call it extremes. And I'm not putting you on either extreme, but just for for um, a picture, you've got somebody who doesn't know Jack, but they don't give a crap that they don't know Jack and they're just going to go do it and fake it till they make it. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe the customers they're doing it for don't even, they don't know how to judge. And so they get away with it. And then there's the person over and those here. those clients do exist. Absolutely. And that's probably the majority. I, well, I don't know. I don't want to speculate on that, but anyways, and then you've got the other extreme of the person that just aims, 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 and never shoots. And if I had to, and this is not a critique, please don't take it as that, Tim, but I would put you obviously sort of on this side of the, on the maybe aiming a little bit too much. But at the same time, it is very, um, it's a good thing to make sure that you know your stuff. But it's interesting because like you're asking about how do I go get these clients? What should I be doing? It sounds like you're already doing, I mean, you got a great client. Yeah. So there's part of me that I'd like to know more about what you're already doing, do more of it. But I know, Paul, you can obviously speak to more of the technical stuff that he's wondering about. What can he do to get better, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you know, something that you bring up that I think should click with a lot of people who are listening to this show wanting to get into the technical realm of mapping. Maybe something that would motivate you is thinking about the guys out there who are just so full of crap, but they go out there and they sell the shit out of themselves. They have this innate ability to sell themselves and this confidence. And whether it's backed up by reality or not is really not important because at the end of the day, they're the ones getting the jobs. And exactly. so you, you got to use that as inspiration, motivation. Okay, if there's going to be some confident numbskull out there who's going to go outsell me, But at the end of the day, I could easily create a a better data product and explain how it's more accurate, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Then that should motivate you to go out there and go do it, you know? Yeah. And it's uh, you mentioned that you started with some YouTube tutorials from Drone U. And and we don't have YouTube tutorials on mapping because it's a very, very technical thing. And it's, yeah. Yeah. But maybe, I don't know if you meant that you had gone through our class in membership. I, I don't want to speculate there either. I will just say... The comprehensive mapping class, there's nothing like it. And if you have not done that, or frankly, even if you have, do it again, because everything is in there. Everything is in there. In terms of certainly the technical side, I know there's, it's not all inclusive at this point in terms of, for example, depth into drone deploy, for Mm. example, but you're going to come out of that feeling a lot more confident, I assure you. A hundred percent. And after coming out of that class, you'll watch a lot of these YouTube videos and you'll know the rules of photogrammetry and you'll know that most of these people are talking out of their buttholes. So um, (laughs) I hate to say it, but a formula is a formula. Um, That said, when it comes to answering his question, when it comes to what should you be doing, there's a couple of points. You asked, what should I do specifically? Two, is the dollarized value worth it to make an investment? And then three... 
How do you go out and get the clients? So let's take this in steps. Okay, so number one, how do you go out and do it? You just go out and do it, period. End of story. You've got to think about a variety of different subjects that you want to get good at. Do you want to get good at bare earth maps? You're in Vancouver. You have a lot of trees. So I think it's in your best interest to go out and look at particular areas that you can go map and play with the various levels of overlap. Because in all honesty, when you have trees as tall as you do, you you're going to learn the importance of like almost an 80, 80, 85, 85 overlap to be able to see the ground through the trees. You'll also learn that there are certain examples where photogrammetry really doesn't work uh, with the trees and that you might need LIDAR. Um, then I think you need to look at, you know, 3D modeling and mapping, you know, 3D data, getting good facade data. I feel like this is something that is not well explained on the Internet. But, you know, I love the idea you're getting double grids and all that. But mix up your acquisition plan. Do a double grid. Do a quad grid, especially in your neck of the woods where you've got the woods, uh, you might find that a quad grid will be very, very useful and helpful for you in acquiring data because at the end of the day, you can only map what you can see. So I think it's a good idea. We know that the number, uh, the top three deliverables are an orthomosaic, a point cloud and a DTM. So I think you should be working on geo-referencing data sets too. If you take three subjects, right, a church, you want to do 3D stuff, you do orbits, you do double grids, you do quad grids, process all that data. Look at the density of points between all the different subjects. Look at the holes. You know, look at how your elevation of your camera is going to affect the amount of data that you have with the wall going into the soffit. At the end of the day, you can only map what you can see, but you can also try these different acquisition plans and then you can take, let's say, three acquisition plans and turn it now into six different projects because you can say, let's georeference one and not georeference the other. Let's georeference one, not georeference the other. Um, you know, on your second point, or I guess I mentioned it as number three, but we're moving it up to number two. Is it worth the investment? Um, is a Mavic 3 Enterprise RTK worth the investment? No, it's not. Just it's it's not it's, I don't think so. Especially if you already have a Phantom 4 Pro. 100%. And that was kind of the variable that I was thinking about too. Is like, look, you can't even do third-party apps. Litchi says it's going to take them a year to work with the Mavic 3. Um you can't do orbits, you can't do point of interest, you can't do all this stuff. The RTK is extremely limited on what VRSs you can work with. Frankly, all this dilly-dallying that DJI is is doing is just further providing ample opportunity for other domestic manufacturers to come in and crush it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of people are like, yeah, Skydio is coming up. It's like they are coming up. But you know who I see coming up faster and more is honestly FreeFly free fly Systems and Watts Innovations. And there's another manufacturer that we just learned about that I think is might supersede all three. We'll see. I mean, it's unbelievable what they're doing. So um, at the end of the day, can you make the money, though, to go out and spend money on a drone? Absolutely. I've actually found that 3D modeling pays the best 
um, rates for doing jobs because one, it's non-technical. So it's really based on how lifelike you can make a particular object look. And because it's so difficult to make it look lifelike, because half the time you've got to edit photos to make it look lifelike. Half the time you've got to run data through three different processors to see which lifelike model is going to look the best. You know, that is going to pay the most money. I mean, like some of the best money we, I ever made in mapping was was doing 3D models, was working for like people like Netflix and doing 3D mm-hmm. models. No geo-referencing required, ladies and gentlemen. So yeah, you might want to go to um, the page on our site that is what is drone mapping. And if you just Google it, it'll show up. Yeah. And I would also, sorry. No, I was going to say there's within there, you're going to see a section that talks about applications of mapping. And I think that's helpful. That's exactly what I was going to say. Because if this guy watched our DroneU mapping comprehensive course, he'd know that we are not big proponents of cloud-based processing because you cannot control the data. It is that simple. And people like Drone Deploy play little gimmicky games to make your data look really nice, but not actually provide good data. But if you just said that it's a 3D model that's making money, that's fine. Right. Well, I wouldn't use three. No, I would not use drone deploy for a 3D model, but I might use Optelos for a 3D model because Optelos has done what I feel like no other um, cloud based software has done, which is like, hey, we've taken 100,000 data sets and we have figured out exactly what you need to do to make the best 3D models. And we're going to use that formula to process. Now, if you're not familiar with Optelos, they're just running Bentley in the background, but it's a more affordable means of getting to access Bentley's context capture. And so if you think about that, yeah, that's the one outlier. And I really feel like we need a mind map because it's like, you do you need really fast, mm-hmm. high accurate ortho mosaics? Okay, then do they need to be geo-referenced? Okay, then I would go with this route. You know, there's so many trees. It's a cart model, a classification mm-hmm. and regression tree. Um, Because like if I need the fastest ortho mosaic, no internet, non-geo reference, okay, Big Sporty React. But oh, I need a geo reference ortho mosaic. I have internet and I need it done really, really fast. Okay, I'd probably use X, you know? So Mm -hmm. um, it really, really depends. And back to this, your macro point of, you know, you're afraid to go after these lucrative jobs because you don't know what you don't know. Well, here are three things that most new drone mappers don't know that they don't know. One, you may be using a, a mapping software and it says your accuracy is one inch. Yeah, GFY one inch. Let's put it in a global mapper or ArcGIS or QGIS and have a true data set to uh, compare against, just like in real estate, we have our comparables. That's going to tell you what your true offset is. On our mapping class, exercise number five, it literally showcases a perfect uh, <laughs> like scale constraint. You would think it's right. Everything's perfect. It's in the right place. No, no, no. You throw that in Global Mapper and you realize it's six feet off to the south. So eh, measly six feet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, rule number two, most people don't understand. It's not what you shoot. It's how you shoot it. <laughs> okay. You may think, oh, I ran a double grid. Everything is fine. Well, in this particular instance, when he's right near the waterway, if it's a low elevation angle to the sun, he's going to have high ref- reflectivity, lots of holes in his maps. His DTMs are not going to be right. And so 
Know what you don't know about image capture. I have found that some of the best mappers were photographers first because they understand how to get good images and make light look flat in order to capture the absolute best photogrammetric data possible. Okay, so um, I would say another thing that you don't know um, that you don't know is you can only map what you can see and it's not what you can see, it's what the drone can see. So number one point, was about uh, georeferencing. You might think everything is good, but you don't know until you don't know. Number two is it's all about how you collect the data, meaning the way that you take the photos, the acquisition pattern, which acquisition patterns you're using collectively. Still junk in, junk out. Yeah, a hundred percent. And then I would say that last point that I just made about how how you take photos, and then it's also understanding the bird and the software. Because if you don't understand the bird that you're using, what three, uh, what other parameters are available, how to negate for particular issues. Like for example, has anyone ever talked about that drone deploy doesn't actually have a, a calibration for the Phantom? sensor, but Pix4D Mapper does. And then on the Phantom 4 RTK, it's built into the drone and it's not built into the Phantom, but I would never buy the RTK drone because you can't do certain things that the Phantom can do. So you got to know your aircraft. You've got to know the shutter. You've got to know what three, uh, what third-party applications are available to control that drone. You need to know how to collect the data, how to negate for the most common issues, which is homogenous areas, reflectivity, et cetera. And then, see, this goes deep fast. I know, and I'm afraid that he's just getting overwhelmed. So my question is, how much of everything that you're discussing here will our comprehensive mapping class. And then we've also got some advanced content in there as well. Mm -hmm. How much of all of this that you're talking about will it cover? A hundred percent. And it'll do it in order and it'll make, you'll have exercises as well that go along okay. with it. So you like feel the learning, you retain it. All right. This podcast's <laughs> over, Tim. You've got, <laughs> you've got your marching orders. <laughs> yeah. And also, you know, in regards to that Mavic 3 Enterprise, uh, we're about to do a show on that. I would really, 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 if you're if you're a drone mapper, I think we need to send a message to DJI and don't buy that drone because you're seeing emails and marketing stuff from like Litchi saying we have to reprogram everything. Uh, like we we can't just use the normal SDK. We've literally got to reprogram everything, and it might be a year before you can even use Litchi, which has been around since as long as Drone U has, um, to be able to utilize a drone. I am really not a fan of what DJI is doing, and people like Skydio, FreeFly Systems are taking advantage of these really um, dumb moves. And it's funny because, you know, both Skydio and DJI have said that they're like Apple. Well, history lesson, ladies and gentlemen, what did Apple learn really, really hard last year that no one talked about? Oh yeah. The fact that this 2015 at MacBook pro here, everything about this MacBook pro having, you know, the SD card slot, the mag safe, you know, power, you know, just all the ports that you would use on a regular basis. Oh yeah. They brought it all back when people stopped buying their laptops because all it had was USB-C on it, okay? There is a critical mass point here, ladies and gentlemen, where if you cause too much um, pain, where people are like, fine, I'll start using another product. If enough people do that, then the manufacturer says, crap, we better bring these things back, just like Apple did. So DJI, maybe learn from Apple and bring everything back that you used to have because uh, it might be in your wake of an environment, um, politically speaking, 
you might be hurting yourself in the long run. And I only say that because I really like playing DJI stuff, but I really don't like these games. So, yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> Anywho, I hope that helps, Tim. Um, I would like you to be discouraged. I mean, <laughs> encouraged. <laughs> Freudian. <laughs> uh, don't be discouraged. No, no, no. Don't be discouraged at all. You are clearly are capable. You did, it sounds like, deliver on the one job that you got. So there you go. You've already done it. Mm. Just build on that and go take the comprehensive mapping class. And you said you're ready to invest in your education. So perhaps coming out of that, maybe you do an in-person mapping class. goes even deeper, um, which we got to schedule for 2023. Oh, good point. Figure that out. But uh, I just remembered one last thing about the what pilots don't know that they don't know about mapping. I think the third thing is, is you might have the best GPS equipment in the world, but if you don't know how to accurately um connect your georeferencing to your data set it doesn't matter how good your gps is it because it's all human error at that point so that said i think tim just needs to go out and look at different types of mapping jobs different deliverables write out a list of the different things he needs to go map and just go do it just go do it okay um on top of that, um, I think it's important to, you know, take different types of data sets, georeferenced, non-georeferenced, and lastly, think about different environments, right? Down by the water, um, you know, surrounded by trees, big open space, try them all because there's going to be different acquisition strategies based off of where you are flying. But let's take a second and let's say good job for at least going out there and trying it. And I, and you know, I have in the past been on this show and been like, don't just go out and do mapping. You can do it. Okay. And that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying you, in order to do this and do it well, it, you have to be open to learning. I recommend learning first. Otherwise the learning curve is astronomically long and you can hurt yourself in the process. It can cost you money if you do it wrong, but that shouldn't stop you from going out there and doing it. So oftentimes doing these practice missions and not having Having a client might actually be the best strategy. So, yeah, sorry. I just, I want to keep going on that one, but there's no, no point because I'm just all rambling. Good. I'm just rambling. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we love the question, Tim. Thank you very much. Great question. AskDroneU.com for your question. We'd like to remind you that if you've got something in your mind, so do probably hundreds or thousands of other people that are not willing to call it in. So be the one that does. We'd love to hear from you. AskDroneU.com. This show is for you, but we need your questions. Yeah. And just to prove that this show is for you, if you remember in 2016 and 2017, we told all drone pilots out there that states cannot control airspace. There's a federal memorandum saying you cannot create a registration. You cannot create a DMV of drones. You cannot do this. It's under federal regulation. We saw North Carolina completely go against that. And then we saw Washington do it last year. And just last week, Guess what? Michigan proved us right, and they struck down all state drone law because what? It's controlled by the feds. On that bombshell, that's going to do it for us today. We're here to help you. Ask Drone You. We believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge. We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, 
experts and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.